Hi, this is Mistress Crimson. You're listening to the Massacast. It's for adults only. And if you like what you hear, you can make a donation at Massacast.com. Thanks to everyone who emailed me uh, regarding the last episode and gave me advice on how to deal with insurance companies. It was very helpful. The basic uh, advice was uh, don't. This episode is going to be a little different. I won't be complaining about insurance companies. Uh, I'm going to talk to uh, a friend who I've known for, for quite a while. Uh, and I'm sure there's a lot of people in the New York scene who are, might recognize his voice. The man is known as several names. Uh, online, Leopold von Pistor, or is it Pister? I don't know. Also known as DB in the scene. Here's someone who has uh, led an interesting life, as you'll, 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 you'll be able to hear. And uh, while well, it's pretty much self-explanatory, take a listen to the, my conversation with my friend Leopold. You know, your reputation precedes you. Yeah, I mean, many times, and we, I know, there have been conversations where, like, someone had something like, I don't know, like, hey, do you know anyone who's taken a bowling ball in the eye, uh, covered in latex? And then someone will say, oh, I bet you DB knows someone who's, who's done that. <laughs> really? Bowling ball in the eye? Well, maybe not the eye, maybe both eyes, but not one, you know, whatever. But you're, basically, you're like the guy who knows people, it seems. Am I wrong? I know some people. <laughs> I actually, I know a cadre of people that played at a certain place at a certain time that created a community, which personally I really miss. Right. And, you know, when, you know, the Bloomberg administration blew that up, um, it was a loss to a lot of people. You're talking about pro scenes. I was talking about pro scenes and a specific house of domination. Right. That was that was a different experience than any other I had had and had more of a sense of community than any other place I've ever been to. Well, fill in the blanks here because I've never gone to... I mean, I've got plenty of pro, pro, friends, pro friends. I've never gone to a pro. I've had plenty of, con- as you know, plenty of conversations with pros. Um, when, how, when did you first go to a pro? I first went to... All right, my first pro experience was... Circa 1983, 84. So and, the police are on the radio. And the number no, one song in the, the, yeah, the every breath you take. Uh, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, and at the time I was also going to um, New Age, New Wave clubs oh, in Manhattan. The sure. best, the best one ever being a place called Hurrahs by Lincoln Center, where I saw The Cure's first concert. Oh wow! <laughs> first U.S. concert. That's amazing. Uh, and it's just a spectacular show. I'm gonna have to do a whole other show just on <laughs> The Cure's first concert. I'm sure it, tons of people would enjoy that. That was it was a pretty good show. But and then walking out of The Cure's first concert, I remember walking up the street and two guys shout out a window that they were having an orgy. Did I want to come up? And. <laughs> What? <laughs> 1983 is very different. This was pre. This was pre-AIDS. This was. This was Grid. This was when Grid was out there, when when there was this weird disease, gay-related immune deficiency that nobody knew what the hell it was. Right. And you know, so this stuff was still going on. Hey, so we're having an orgy. Do you want? We're to come having up? an orgy. You want to come up? And I thought about it, and I said, mm, No, I'm not quite ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I heard about that time. They thought you were Robert Smith. I was. I was interested, and we'll get back to that later. I was interested in um, S and M from uh, fairly early in my life, mm-hmm. and 
I saw an ad in the Village Voice for a show and class, which was taught by Belle de Jour. Was like Tuesday or Thursday nights at some show theater, whatever. Yeah. And you go in and watch, and they would have a bunch of, they would have a number of doms and a number of subs, and they would do spankings and this, that, and the other thing. And the one thing I remember is one of the demonstrations was a spanking with vampire gloves. Vampire gloves are gloves vampire with gloves needles. Vampire gloves used to dance, by the way, downtown. <laughs> Boy, could she move. Well, also, the other kind of vampire gloves are gloves with um, needles. Oh, in them. those. I just imagine, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for vampire gloves. That would be a great, great name for a band. Sure, yeah. So, you, you, you say no to the orgy. You go right. see Belle de Jour. So, I go see, so I go see the show that right. Belle de Jour puts on. And, as I said, one of, the, one of the demonstrations was a woman being spanked with a vampire glove. And at the end of the show, they say, um, would anybody like to try anything, try something? So I got up and volunteered and they said, what would you like to try? I said, I'd like to be try. I'd like to try being spanked with the vampire glove. And which is sort of heavy duty for your first ever experience. Sure. Um, I thought, and, you know, so I got, so they, you know, one of the problems is blood contaminates the glove. So the issue was, were they willing to throw away the glove? But they didn't, <laughs> but the time. They, went, they went to help. They said, okay. Sure. And so I pulled down my pants in front of the audience and lay over her lap and she spanked me with a vampire glove. And I remember looking, you know, and it wasn't a heavy spanking. Because, you know, the needles get in the way of really delivering a heavy impact. Sure. Um, and, you know, and, and the pain, you know, it wasn't that painful. But then I looked, you know, then I looked in the mirror and saw my butt. And my butt had like a hundred little spots of blood. Just a tiny drop of blood. Right. And I said, wow, that's interesting. Right. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't the best, you know... Thing I've ever done, but it was certainly an introduction into. There's interesting things out there. You had you had a reminder afterwards, too. Like yeah, was, yeah, no. Well, you know, I had to I had to clean up, and I you know I'll put alcohol on because I had medical training back, but way before that. So sure. I took care of the make sure I didn't get an infection, and then uh, you know, and then but I said yeah, the, the, this turns me on. So. Doing it turns me on as opposed to reading about it. Right, of course. So I went ahead and about, within about two weeks, I had a session with a, with Angel Stearns. So how did you find Angel Stearns? In the Village Voice. Okay. Not the Village, sorry, not the Village Voice, Screw Magazine. Oh, okay. Screw Magazine at the time was the internet. Okay. For, that that was the available alternative to the internet unless you work for the defense department. So were you nervous at all? Or were you just like gung ho? I was. To- go, I'm going to try this, see what it is. And I went to a session, and it was pretty good. I don't really remember the dom. Um, it was a nice location, um, and the first session was sort of very straightforward, a little spanking, a little cropping, a little bondage. Yeah. And it was like, okay, you know, and it was like, all right, this is a taste. This is, you know, this didn't really, you know, turn my crank. But okay, this is, yeah, I want to try this. Yeah. 
And unfortunately, one of the things that was that I that I really wanted to try was I really wanted to um, get pegged. Sure. Which was not a term that even existed back then. Right. So. But you knew that the. I, I knew that I, the, the 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 act existed right. and was well known and common, okay. well known in common. Right. But the term pegging, I think, was invented by Diane Savage. Yeah, yeah, dancing. Yes, you're absolutely right. So, which came later, much later. So, um, so I went to, I, so I went back to see another dom who I did not know at Angel Stearns, and um, she put on a strap on and fucked me in the ass, and I enjoyed it. The only problem was that w- when I'm leaving, she says to me. You know, what you really need to do is go to a gay bar and you'll be happy. Which sort of, she, she clearly was out of touch with the dynamic. Right, right. And I was like, okay, you, you, you know, okay, you're not, but yeah, you're, you're basically vanilla that's doing this for right. a buck. She didn't mean there's a lot of women with strap-ons hanging out at gay bars. No. No. No, she, she, she meant that, you, you know, you're gay, so what you're really going to enjoy is going to a gay bar and, and doing that. And that wasn't my thing. Right. So well, yeah, well, I can definitely understand where you're coming from there. And you know, and so so I look back, and my you know my first pegging experience was rather disappointing. Yeah. I, I one of my regret, one of my fetish regrets, is not giving it to someone I had a relationship with. I'm typing that. So we're gonna we're gonna do an episode just of Davies, <laughs> another episode of Davies fetish regrets. So there aren't that many. No, sorry, I, I, I've got plenty. We can we can trade. We can. Trade. But yeah, but they're all things I didn't do. Right. right. Oh, okay, okay. So, but the act itself you enjoyed, but it was the afterwards. act itself I enjoyed. It was okay, but you know it wasn't great. There was no connection. Right. You know I realized that given the intimacy inherent in the act, that if there had been a real connection, that it would have been a very different experience. But almost in order to know that you had a bad experience, you have to. You have to experience it first to know, right? Yeah, you have to. Well, yeah, it's it's sort of like your first sexual experience, right. which is for ninety percent of the people out there, and I may be optimistic, is you know is disappointing to abysmal. Or, or there's there's always something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's, oh, you know, it's, I, I did that, but it's like okay, that's done. But you know, there's something. This is supposed to be great. This this is you know this isn't great. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So after that, you, uh, did that still that, that put some question in your head? Like, wait a minute, am, am I supposed to be going to a gay bar? Did you, did you did that? No, no, no. It was like no. It really put the answer. It really, I quickly came to the conclusion that she was not the dom for me to play with. See, I, I got to find somebody else. I would have said, here's a woman of the world. Here's a woman who she knows. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's been around the block. She knows what she's talking about. She's experienced it before. What if I, you know? I would have questioned my myself, like, what the hell am I? But you, but of course, you're the same person who stood up there and said, "Yeah, I'll do it." You know, in front of everybody else is your first experience too. So yes. it's, it's just probably you're like, That's, clearly she's insane. So it, no, it wasn't clearly she's insane. It's just you know, sort of she is not. This is not really what turns her on. Right. Right. So whether it was whether it was being Dom tur- didn't turn her on, or whether it was this particular act didn't turn her on, she just wasn't into this. Right. And, and and it's like okay that's fine and you knew that was like that was like the that was your holy grail of kink 
that was the thing that I really wanted to try at right. that point. That was sort of that was you know sort of my benchmark of submission, if sure. you will. Yeah, yeah. No, I can I can follow. Everyone's got their yeah. yeah. Everyone's got the thumb. Some people are spanking. Some people right. And, and I, I've always had an issue with marks for a variety of reasons. So you know, I I, I could never do the um, you know give me the forty strokes with the cane deal because yeah. explaining that's just too hard. Well, so so. Let's go back now. So, here during your first experience, were you in a relationship of any kind at the time? At that time, no. Okay. Um, but I was following sort of what I wanted to try. Yeah. You know, soon thereafter, I was in a relationship. Sure. I, now, as usually, how this stuff—I've had many stories, and if this even happened to me too—is that you kind of segregate these things in your mind, right? You have like it's almost like you have not two personalities, but you have you have to you, you almost have because you, the desire of it on a daily basis is so heavy and this I don't know if this is the same thing for you but I used to have to shut it away and only expose it when I could the the kinky side of me is what I'm saying yeah and so I had this vanilla side of me that would be 24/7 this all this guy who's always around, and yet there's this, always this part in, my, in the back that I you know lock away and then when I could those rare moments that I could I would open it up you know whether that was and, and I had or... I had more uh, slightly more ability to do that because I was seeing professionals, so right. I could you know sort of whenever I could accumulate the cash, I could go scratch the edge. Right, you had an you had an outlet, right? Yes. So did you did you did the and I didn't have a problem with that because I mean. That was probably what I wasn't willing to step my step my uh, step my toe into, yeah. and then once I was in a relationship, that clearly wasn't willing yeah. what I was step my toe into, which was having a relationship because the essence of a professional of a professional domination submission relationship is it's not going to be a a a true relationship. It is going to be. A experience that you share. I have a lot of friends who would probably disagree with you that it's not a true relationship. It's just a different kind of relationship. I, I'm not going to disagree with that, but but where but it doesn't. But it's controllable, right? And sure. Li- and, and you you you're putting. You are both by design putting limits on where that can go, especially emotionally. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. We just. Rearrange this here. Go ahead and just don't don't feel like you need to lean in or anything. I'll I'll arrange the mic for you, so That's you're fine. always comfortable, right? That's fine. So, um, well, I think it's very similar. Like I think it, I I think it's very cl- akin to I used to have play partners that I would only see whenever we both had an itch, and these were people who I wouldn't associate with normally, not because I didn't like them as people, but because they were batshit insane, right? And that that these people. We're like there, there's two people in particular that are just completely only in my deepest desperation that I that I you know text them and know that they would be like yeah sure and I would just hope I just hope there's not a crack file somewhere around when I walk into their apartment right and so but or or even to make it even more to be less crazy it's like that friend that you 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 can enjoy having a beer or two with but you really don't want to like it's when you get a beer with a coworker you don't want to do it that often sometimes you know. It's kind of like that. It's like very controlled, and everything's fine as long as you keep it in that realm. Right. So in your mind, you didn't you you didn't think, uh, boy, I'd like. Well, to... I mean, part part of and you know and part of the 
duality of the professional relationship is the control. Yeah. And frankly, because of the nature of the relationship, I kept more control than I would in a um, than I would in a um, s- scene relationship, sure. if you will. Sure. Or a um, you know, or a um, traditional romantic relationship. Right? Well, not not so much. Well, let's not call it traditional romantic, but let's right, you right. know, sort of a. Um, A lifestyle relationship. Sure. Um, I can definitely understand why that would be, you know, it's clean, right? You, you're, you know, you're getting, both parties are getting exactly what they want. Nothing gets screwed up there, right? Um, and you don't have to, and like, I'm sure Saad would say that the best part about that relationship is you, you don't have to worry, is, is this idiot going to misfold my pants for the 500th time? That's true. Right. Uh, and why the hell can't he learn how to fold my pants? Uh, I'm going to save the audio file quickly, and I'm sure. going to get more coffee here. So okay, because we've been talking we've been about like 25 minutes, so that's pretty good. Um, so why don't we why don't we go back to my early history? Okay, yeah, sure, we can go to your earlier history. Yeah. Okay, um, my first S and M experience, for lack of a better description for it, was at about five. When I was playing, you know, doctor with the girl next door, um, and my and my best friend at the time, and she basically so you know it's you show me, you show me yours, I'll show you mine. Did that, and then she said, "I dare you to pull down your pants and sit down in the rose bush." She says this, and she's five years old. Yeah. Okay. And. Um, and my friend wouldn't do it, but I would. And, you know, there was a certain um, tingle about that in a couple of ways. Right. But it was, you know, sort of that was my first experience of a, probably female domination. Because, sure. you know, she's telling me to do something that seems bizarre. And I'm perfectly willing to do that. I think, I think seems... Maybe a little more than seems. It is kind of bizarre. Yes. Right? Sure. Go sit down in the sticker bush. Right. Um, and I did that. And, you know, and and I remember feeling it around my butt and genitalia. Yeah. And then, you know, and, and that was sort of my first experience. So have you checked up? Have you found out where, where she, is? she is? No. Lost touch with her a long time ago. And uh, wasn't worth following up on because just went different ways. We, sure. I moved away from that house um, about a year later. Moved to another community, had a new life, lost touch. Because Although the guy, I remember, he and I play heads up against each other in senior year in, in high school football for two different teams. And, and no, that's kind of a... Yeah. But... <laughs> Seriously, you should try to find out because every dominant woman I know has a kind of a story like that of making a guy do something. So maybe is that, is that okay? I, I don't know. I, yeah, I've lost all of the contacts that have the contacts that sure. have the contacts. Uh, on the flip side, because because the contacts would have been through my parents. Oh, right, right that's true. Well, on, on the other side, though, um, every woman I know who's in prison has a similar story as well. So you're kind of like yeah. you're, you might be better off. Um, so that was your first experience, and it kind of stuck with you, no pun intended. 
And then, um, you know, then sort of there was a period of time that elapsed. I, I moved, went to, you know, the, uh, well, then came the next big experience of my life. Because that was when I went, I went to a public kindergarten. Okay. And then we moved. Is there any other kind of kindergarten? Where are uh, we? You're, you're about to, you're about <laughs> to hear. What part are we in? You're, you're about to hear. Oh, okay. And then I moved in. Then I moved the next year to another town and started Catholic school. Oh, oh, okay. There we go. And I went to Catholic school, a Catholic elementary school, for eight years. And that I, I don't really know the influence, but you know, sort of. God was it full of ritual? Yeah, it was full of women in black. Are you Catholic though? By the way, yeah, okay. uh, extremely okay. lapsed. Okay, okay. Well, no, because, because yeah, I know, yeah, yeah, I know yeah. people who went to Catholic. No, and, and, and had that no... had other. No, no, I was I was very Catholic. Right. Had you know, and sort of had all kinds of Catholic guilt growing up and all that other good sure. shit. Um, and yeah, but but you know, sort of probably the biggest you know and. We'll come back to this later, but one of the more interesting experiences I ever had related to this, but it was, you know, sort of non, you know, and old school nuns, you know, with the rulers over the knuckles and right. all the shit. So I went through eight years of that and, you know, and sort of, and I was an altar boy and all of that other stuff. So I, I mean, you know, rich, ritual, 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 plus, you know, sort of the female dominant, you know, you know, cost, black costumes, not right. latex. Right. Batman, that would have been a trip. Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, context. And then, you know, then I, then I went to an all-boys Catholic high school for I, a year. Now, now the story got horrible, obviously. <clears throat> and, and, yeah, and my, and I had a teacher there called Father Savage. And he, you know, and he just beat the shit out of me. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's you know, it's like the only thing you couldn't do is tell your parents because then you get another beating. Right, right, sure. Yeah. That's not true. My parents never hit me. Right, right. Um, except except when I was really little and ran away because mm-hmm. you know they couldn't. It's like the with worst anything. thing. Never run away again. Here's a reason to run away. Again. Yeah, no, no, yeah. but they, but it was clear if I never if I ran if I didn't run away again it wasn't going to happen again. Oh, so, sure, sure, yeah, yeah true, so yeah. it's like so well, that's a good point. So it, it, it worked, but um, yeah. So I had that, and then, then I transferred. Then once, then I had a job in the summer, and I met a girl at the local high school. Dun 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 dun. And uh, public high school, and we worked together, and it was like, what the fuck am I doing? Um, uh, you know, and because I realized that you know, sort of at a at an all boys Catholic high school, guys were nuts. They were absolutely crazy because they didn't, you know, and uh, because they didn't have anything better to do. Right. And they had no, they couldn't put their attention on something else. Right. So, you know, so I just quickly decided, you know, one, this girl didn't have any interest in me, whatever. It was like, you know, sort of, okay, I like that. I'm going there. So I went to, so I transferred to the public high school and when, because we moved, when we moved again. To another place where the school district was good enough that I would be, you know, that Were I you could like go part of there. The witness relocation program, your family, almost. Okay. Well, actually, we never moved more than fifteen miles. Okay, but the worst FBI program ever. <laughs> yes. Right. And but then I then I discovered somewhere around that time I discovered one S and M paperback novel in my father's drawer. Really? Okay. Which was and this was pretty extreme. 
I mean, you know, it was, you know, heavy, you know, heavy bondage, heavy, you know, heavy um, flagellation and caning and CBT and um, and strap-ons and I mean this this was you know this you know and golden showers I mean this 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 ran the gamut this was my first introduction wow first, yeah that was this full spectrum book and it was in your dad's drawer. it was in my dad's you know dresser drawer which of course you know being a normal kid of that age I discovered everything of course but for, before that I actually discovered a couple of 1950s error manage marriage manuals which were hilarious <laughs> <laughs> which which in retrospect were absolutely hilarious. take your good lady wife yeah they, they 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 hadn't you know this was the guys who refused to read Kinsey oh yeah yes <laughs> of course yeah um <laughs> So the book written by MDs, of course. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, told so this so this novel, and then I got into S and M novels. Wait, so did and you it, ever talk to your dad about the book? No. No. Okay. Absolutely. But not. it was female dominance. It was absolutely female dominance. Um, now this brings up the question. First of all, maybe it's genetic. Um, don't know if it's genetic. Certainly, could have had the same fetishistic influences. Sure, that's true. That, that's true. But you said you started getting into the novels as well. So I got so so when I read that novel, I then went, as soon as I could go and buy, we moved. We stayed in some place for three months because we were waiting to move into the new house. Yeah. And there was a bookstore up on the there was a pharmacy up on the corner that I could buy or a magazine shop up in the corner I could go in and they had you know like this huge selection of Olympia Press and Grove Press and all of those sixties seventies era. Um, pornography sure and so i started reading it and one of the first ones i read was a novel was a book called scream my darling which i have subsequently found on the internet somewhere and have but it was pretty intense right um of snm and and i followed up on that and even by today's standards like you can read some pretty extreme stuff by you know on, online it was even extreme it wasn't by... online it was books no, these no, were no no i'm saying i, I know that yeah. i'm not an idiot yeah yeah i'm saying i'm saying by today's standards it's still pretty extreme it, uh, the issue was being able to buy it sure oh okay right and you know instead of this was you know a shop that you know it was that they didn't really care if I got caught, you know, if if I bought it, as long as I was paying for it, you know. Thank, I know thank God, it wasn't thank God, I wasn't stealing it. You actually thought I was like, so what? Why didn't you just use your computer back then? Yeah, yeah. No, there was no internet, right. man. There weren't computers. <laughs> no. Steve Steve Jobs was you know was younger Jobs. than me. Jobs. Jobs. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, so, <laughs> I I honestly hope you don't actually think that I was like. Well, no. is, it, is it true Paul, Paul McCartney was in another band before Wings? Is it true? Really? I didn't know. I, I, I saw him, actually I saw him this summer. But yeah, I'm, uh, I'm really uh, just anyway. jealous as hell. All right, so, so how did you buy the book? I just picked it out of the thing and took it up to the counter and paid for it. Yeah, and yeah. I, I and my basic, my basic guess is they were happy I was paying for it rather than taking a four-finger discount. Right. Yeah, because I remember earlier, I when I wanted, you know, when I was a little younger, I used to go to a pharma to a drugstore that I had to walk a few miles for down a set of railroad tracks to bring you to country living, right? Um, and you know, which took me to this little strip mall and found this shop. And I used to, I used to steal Playboy and Penthouse because they wouldn't sell it to me. Of course, I would have been happy to pay, but they wouldn't sell it to me. That's right, right. <laughs> 
So you, you bought it? So so I bought the books. You know, I bought a whole series of them. The, the one that comes to mind is exactly that one, Scream My Darling. Yeah. I forget who wrote it, but I could look it up sure. on my computer somewhere. I, I know I found it. And... And I re- and that really turned me on to S and M, and then I got into all of the Victorian era porn. Um, you know, I think I, I think the first Victorian era porn I read was Romance of Lust, and then you know then things like Sadopedia and um, oh lots. Oh, and Harriet Marwood government governess or the governess or Harriet Marwood. There comes in a nine. And just to clarify, these were all on AOL. At the time, no. These were all in. These were all in book form. Oh, book form. Okay, we're still talking. This is text. You oh, know, okay. This is hard copy. So, so, uh, and how did you hide them? Did you just? At, initially, I'd read them and throw away. Okay. Then, when we moved into the to the next house, um, there was a there was a. Uh, up going up to the attic, there wasn't a stairway. There was just a hatch. Yeah. And so I'd get a chair. So I had a, bo- a box of these books. Yeah. I'd get a chair, push up the hatch, put the box in, and close the hatch. Did and you- nobody could. F- and no, as far as I know, nobody found it. And yeah. I remember. I remember. I remember actually finding. At a later date, taking the books out and throwing them out so they wouldn't ever be found. Have you thought? That maybe your dad went up there one day when you were at school or something like that. He got up there, saw the book. He was like, "God, I gotta stop drinking." I didn't there was buy, I nothing. These. There was nothing up there. Oh, okay. So the odds are the odds are low, but if he enjoyed it, more power to him. There you go. <laughs> I don't care. So, so okay. So. He, he certainly never confronted me, and, and I'm pretty sure he would have picked me over my brothers. Right. Right. Um, and then you could have used the classic line, "I learned it from you." Nah, I never no, would have done no. that. Um, the, the the other one actually before that, the 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 other book that really got me into it, and because because I remember the house I was at, which was like before moving to the new one where I got all the Grove Press and Olympia Press stuff, sure, was Gore Vidal's Myra Breckenridge. What was what was special? Gore, well, Gore Vidal's Myra Breckenridge had the scene um, where. Uh, Myra, Myron Breckenridge was a transsexual, and he became Myra Breckenridge, who in there's this one scene in the book, and then it was played by Raquel Welch in the movie, which is a terrible movie, but there's some really bizarre scenes in it, um, and one of the scenes in there is she takes this cowboy that that she picks up. And uh, or is trying to get a job, and she reco- and she gives him a she's she's supposed to be a nurse and she gives him an examination. Right. And first she takes his temperature rectally, of course, and then she decides that she's going to cure what ails him by raping him. Of course. With a large strap on, and there's this whole scene that they used to have a good cut of it. On YouTube, but you can't get it anymore. Do you wonder why? <laughs> yeah, I don't right, know. Sure, but it was you know, and it had all kinds of bizarre things in it, like you know, cuts to um, cuts to cowboy movies and other stuff. <laughs> but it, it was it was yeah, the filmmaking was it, it was a bizarre. I'll film. Never look at Gorbachev. But anyway, the but way. the mo- but the book turned me on, and that was the fr- that would really turn me on to anal stimulation. Sure. And so the first thing I did is try a rectal thermometer, which felt sort of good. Sure. 
And then I made and my... And it was healthy. The, yeah, and then I made my first dildo. How did you I, make... I, I took a broomstick. Okay. Sawed off a foot of the end. And with a little Vaseline, used it. That's, you know, there, there are crazier things I'm sure people have... I'm sure. I'm sure of you. So... So there, there, that explains a lot going... I mean, obviously, when you were exposed to it in that, that way, you weren't freaked out by any of this reading up on... Because even... It just it just turned me on. Like, you know, I, I was... I was definitely a Catholic boy waiting to go bad. It sounds like... I'm guessing that it's more... Almost more the control aspect than the actual act. That's a part of it. Because... There's no question. Because I remember... For me, it was definitely part of the control, but sometimes, like, I remember when I first read about CBT, I'm like, get the fuck out of here, that's crazy, you know, this is before I had any exposure to it, obviously, right? And so... Yeah, well, my first experience was CBT. Of course, right, exactly. So, so you were like... And five, and five I've got, I'm getting needles stuck in my better than the rose bush any day, right? right. Yeah. Well, then, then, you know, then I went, you know, then... You know, sort of, I went through high school, mm-hmm. you know, and sort of in, went to college. And in college, I, you know, largely continued with pornography. Sure. Um, didn't really, I had very few personal relationships. I was fucked up for other reasons. Uh-huh. Some of them being Catholic guilt. Sure. Um, some of them possibly being my obsession with pornography. Who knows? Sure. Like, let's say... When so I didn't really... So in college, I really didn't get into anything. Sure. And then, you know, sort of I had a... You know, my original career path didn't work out, so I chose another one. And wound up in a school in Virginia, which I found completely bizarre. Because, you know, this... this I went to... I was going from a Ivy League school, which had, you know, sort of pretty open parietal rules. Mm-hmm. You know, which was basically don't get pregnant. Right. To a Jesuit school, which had pretty open rules, which was like one step more restrictive, but practically no, which was, you know, don't let us catch you having sexual intercourse. And then I went to this state university in Virginia where they had one co-ed dorm on campus and it was in the shape of an H and there was a fucking state trooper on every connecting corridor. Holy one side was girls, one side was guys and there was a state trooper and if you were found on the other side after 6 p.m. you got put on you got put on academic probation. And I knew a girl who got put on academic probation. That's horrible. It was it was astounding. A state trooper? A sta- really? Yes. Yes. Well, State universities tend to be patrolled by state troopers. That's true in New York. That's true in New York. That's true in New Jersey. Right. It's crazy. Well, the state trooper, actually most of them on campus tend to worry about keeping drunks safe. Right, right. And, you know, and if you drive, they'll arrest you. Right, right, of course. But if you're walking around drunk, their job, you know, basically they want to make sure you get back to your dorm right. site. make sure you sleep on your And side. then they, you know, and then they'll write you up and you'll go see the dean and the dean will yell at you. Right, and, right. You know, that kind of, you know, but, but they're not trying to put you in jail. So what happened after college? So after college, um, I got a job and moved to New York and... I got an apartment on the Upper West Side with a friend of mine, and then started sort of exploring New York, and you know went out, went to clubs, music, lot, you know, um, dating. Not never got into the never got into the scene, um, into the lifestyle scene, um, and that was that was hellfire in its heyday. Yeah. And and those kinds of clubs. And they were pretty extreme. Right. 
you know, oh, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, you know, Hellfire in its heyday was, you know, like walk in and there's six people getting shit on. It's like, you right. know, I, I just was not ready to walk into that. <laughs> so <clears throat> that's understandable, sure. So, um, so then, you know, but then, you know, the itch appeared, and I, you know, was looking at Playboy. I was looking at Screw Magazine and the Village Voice, and I saw this ad. So I went to one to one of these demonstrations, and then. And that sort of kicked it off. And then I started seeing pro-doms on a fairly, fairly regular basis. So, define fairly regular. Um, depending on my income, yeah. um, once to a couple times a month for a while. So, your first experience, you mentioned, was not the greatest. Right. But clearly, you eventually met some people that... The first one was... A, actually, the first experience was a decent first experience. Right. You know, sort of... It was the second experience where my first experience was pegging, yeah. which was disappointing. And then I... Yeah, and part of it was that the first experience was good sort of general play. Yeah. But, you know, and it was like getting to know someone, as I come to know. That's sort of the way it works. If right. Get, getting to know someone. Sure. And then I, um, you know, and so I was willing to continue trying, and I met some other doms. And, um, you know, and I, I went to most of the significant houses in New York. I think um, I started with um, Angel Stearns. Mm -hmm. And then there were a couple of independents on the east side. Um, and I forget their names. Um, and they were pretty good. I really enjoyed sessioning with them for a while and then they sort of they faded out of the scene yeah and so the next place i went to was ava terrell's and um you know tried a few different doms there one i remember very um very positively was named erica Starn. no erica cross sorry and um we had we sort of there was a, she was probably the first dom i developed a sort of relationship with that we played periodically over a period of time. Sure. And one of my, in fact, one of the stories I wrote was, um, and used to be on my, on my old FetLife account, was about an experience I had where I'd just gone on a trip to Tokyo and I bought her a kimono, which I gave to her. Mm -hmm. And we had a session where, um, which was one of the more intense discipline sessions I've ever had and I remember that she um, you know and she had sp spent a good time spanking me whipping me cropping me and at the end she said this is you know you've done everything I could ask for but I really want to cane you ten times you don't have to do this but I would like you to give this to me. Right. And so I said, okay. And I will never forget, she was wearing the kimono. She was behind me. She dropped the kimono and caned me with the cane 10 times. And it was one of the most intense sessions I ever had. Sure. Just and just that whole build up, that whole you don't have to do this. This is uh, you know you you're, you have reached pretty much your limit. I can tell you've reached your limit. Yeah. But I want you to do this for me. So that was really that, you know, 
one of the things where, okay, now I, there's a relationship with a dom, and she's pulling me further. Yeah. And and it's you know and it's a combination of, you know, of a of being pulled and a combination of offering. And so I I titled the the story I wrote about it the offering. Is she? Are you still in contact with her? No, she's disappeared. Yeah. Now somebody told me later that she was a transgender. Really? Yeah. Which I don't care. I mean, you sure. Know, so I I have no idea if that's true. I. I had no evidence of it. If so, I don't care. You know, that's the thing that amazes me. It's how easy it is for some people to just drop off the face of the earth in the, in the scene, right? In, in the, yes, you know, and especially in the pro scene because yeah. people do it for a period of time and then move on in their lives. Yeah. I, I can think of a couple. Sure. <laughs> probably that we both know. Yeah. So <clears throat> what was... I guarantee we both know. So, so there, were, there were a few people, though, that uh, I'm sure would be wondering what was going on in your personal life at this time. And my personal life, at honor about that time, that was when um, I had a, I moved into a very demanding job. Um, in fact, some of, I actually did a, a huge amount of travel. So I was home irregularly and I met my wife. And we, and we quickly, relatively quickly developed a relationship. I went out on I went on a um, out of town assignment, and she lived with me three thousand miles apart. So how? how wait, three thousand miles apart. She lived. I was working on an out of town assignment, and yeah. she moved into my apartment. Oh, I got you. Sure. In New York. Did you ever? We lay a little bit later. I mean, initially. You already know what uh, I'm going to uh, ask. Initially, basic vanilla lust worked great. Yeah. And later we try a, a, a few years later we tried some play hmm. and it didn't work i think as much as anything because we're both bottoms so you told her about your desires i told her yeah. we bought some toys yeah. and it just didn't work yeah did you try doing the switch thing yeah it didn't work didn't work i mean I, I, you're talking to someone who i've been in situations where I've tried to switch with people. It's, I, I think work. some of it is I was much more into it than she was. Right. She was willing to do try it for me. Sure. But that's, Did, you know. Yeah, didn't, but it, you know, so she was reasonably game, um, but just didn't do it. it. It just didn't work, didn't work for me, didn't work for her. So, you know, so we stopped. So did you, does she have any inkling that you've gone to pros? I would suspect I would suspect that she does yeah. have more than an inkling, but doesn't know. And it's I, I'm I think I'm much more older generation, where um, people choose not to know. Yeah, no, no, I I, I think I, I, I mean there's you know sort of you know the ethical slut and all of that stuff brought up the idea that you know sort of the ideal is to um, be completely open and honest with your partner and agree to everything and you know and sort of. And earlier times, it was just, you know, it was more... Um, Agree to look the other way? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have... And, and part of the reason that, you know, from that point onward, my play stayed professional was it prevented any threat to the relationship. Sure, yeah. Other than, you know, I mean, yeah, there was the threat of exposure, but... There was no intimacy. The likelihood of drama was minimized. Yeah. 
Um, what we did, we did. Um, if we both enjoyed it, we both enjoyed it. If we didn't, we probably found other partners. Right. Um, or at least whoever I was playing with was a good enough actor that I didn't know, which right, is sure, fine. For my, sure. you know, I don't, that's fine. Yeah. How's that different from any sexual relationship in the history of mankind? Sure, sure. <laughs> On either side. Right. Um, and, but, but it left me that control of, you know, ultimately I, I, ultimately I can constrain this relationship so that it doesn't become a threat to my family, which was the most important thing in the world to me. Did you ever have situations where it kind of encroached a little bit or got dangerously close to, no? Never. Um, That's good. Part of it was my, you know, sort of, I was, my time had some, always, has always had flexibility. Yeah. Um, has always been demanding, has always had, you know, sort of the, the, has always had long hours. So exactly which day I had long hours and which day I didn't, who the hell could tell? And being the governor of Connecticut. Oh, crap. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, I promised New Jersey. Would, New, Jersey. New Jersey. Oh, I promised I wouldn't say. <laughs> has your kink changed how you talk to your own kids about sex? Like, did you ever say? I'm probably more open. Yeah. I'm probably more flexible. I mean, it has made me um, much more aware of the possibilities out there. I mean, much less judgmental. Right. Um, the focus on sexual. I mean, the focus on sexuality has been. Um, you know, this is a normal, healthy part of life. Enjoy it. Um, you know, there, there are some things out there, hey, you know, sort of as long as you don't hurt anybody. I've never had any explicit discussions about kink. Sure. Um, probably it's made me a lot more um, gender flexible in, uh, in terms of communicating my views to, to my family. Mm. I mean, you know, sort of I'm, I, whatever, you know, sort of I, I think if either, you know, as far as I know, both of my kids are straight and I really think they would have told me if they weren't right and, and it's and i get the vibe they'd probably be comfortable telling you if they'd they be right? they'd be comfortable right, right. the big bag of toys where are you are they being shipped to your house well how are you are you grabbing them getting sh- a, a variety of toys were picked up in a variety of ways right um some of them were local uh, 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 no many uh, no I right. everything was bought no right 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 I, I I I'm meticulous about that um, <clears throat> a lot of it was bought in person in a variety of places mm-hmm. where I, both in the United States and Europe and okay. and Asia because I travel I traveled a lot on business sure I've I've probably got two million miles so where. That's about so that's so most of it I brought the stuff that I mail ordered um some of it got sent to a friendly dom right her um her p o box right which got you know which then got passed on to me I imagine you order in like in the back of a comic book x ray no no this and is dildo. this is internet time oh okay this is cur- this is current toys oh, okay, so okay. this is this is all internet stuff so what is it th- you got two, but, it, but this is New York, you know. Right. I mean, you know, there isn't a lot of stuff out there that you can't buy at Purple Passion, The Leatherman, sure. Babeland, um, or um, Pleasure Chest. What are your essential toys? 
Well, the, certainly what I have is like 10 times beyond essential toys. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so this is this is like yeah, I, this is an accumulation over probably a decade. Right. Um and includes things that I absolutely, you know, can't explain why I need anymore. Right. But I've got them and I, you know, and I like it and I don't see any need to throw. I mean, frankly, if I'm playing, the odds are I'm playing in a, dun- in a professional dungeon sure. with someone who has cuffs. But I have leather cuffs. Right. I have wrist cuffs, ankle cuffs, collar, waist belt, chains, ropes. Um, I have floggers, uh, a crop, um, a paddle, um, a couple of floggers specifically designed for CBT. So these are things you, you specifically prefer rather than I bought else from, I bought for me, right. yes. And, it, well, you know, one of the issues is what, what toys is it appropriate to share with other people right. and what toys is it appropriate to have only used on yourself. Of course. So, and, you know, I, I'm into a lot of penetration play, right. whether it be, you know, whether it be dildos or whether it be um, um, sounds or electrical equipment. Sure. Electrical toys. And all of that stuff, if it goes inside me, I want my own. Of course. Because, yeah. you know, it's like I, I, I take care of disinfecting it. I take care of it. You can trust it's, yourself. And it's, and it's only gone in me. Well, right. at least whatever germ I'm getting, I give it to myself. Right, exactly. I, I, I may be more susceptible today than at the time that I last had it. Right. But, you know. Sort that's of, true. But I'm not getting somebody else's. That's, this is true. Good, that's a good point. Um, but I just I just imagine this, you know, you're, you're walking in and, you know, most people, I imagine, don't bring their own toys. Mm. I would guess most people don't. Right. And yeah, oh, we wouldn't have to buy it all. that's true. Yeah. So I just said if if, she, if they did that, they wouldn't have to buy them all themselves. Yeah. And you know, and sort of some of it, when I started out, that wasn't true. I didn't have my own because I, you know, I didn't know. I didn't, you know, sort of some of it was, you know, like when, you know, sort of moving from the little dildo to the bigger dildo. I mean, you know, sort of I didn't know if I was ready for that. And sure. Then somebody brings it out and we do it, and then okay, I can. Uh, I guess that. you can. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then when it got to the more extreme shit, I bought my own. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, but there was a point where I said, okay, I'm really doing this, so I will get what makes you know. So the toys that I'm going to use, I will largely use my own. I used to when I was single, with a few exceptions. When I was single, I had a a friend know my password on my laptop, and I said, if I'm in an accident, <laughs> here's my password, and here's the erase key. Right. <clears throat> here's and I want you to like. Here's a key. This person had a key. She had everything necessary to wipe it on my, you know, whatever. She knew everything. And um, do you have a fail-safe person? Have you thought, are you just like, listen, I'll be dead. Who cares? I'll be dead. Who cares? So, and I don't think I, what I'm doing, if they, if it's looked into, will, you know, sort of. You won't completely shock I don't. Well, I don't. I, I don't think it will completely hurt. Right. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That that that's the real issue is, right. you know, and you know, but I suspect that you know that certain people I know will protect certain other people I know. Uh, if you want to find out uh, more about him, you can check out massacast.com. There you'll find links to uh, his Twitter ID very active on Twitter, also on FetLife, 
I'll be able to show you the uh, the link there. It's all on Massacast.com. And while you're there, you can donate if you appreciate the podcast and you want to help out. Thanks to those who have donated. We've got two people donate in the past couple weeks. It's really, really awesome. And uh, we'll talk to you in another couple weeks. Bye-bye.